I believe something as like fundamental as nutrition shouldn't be complicated. And, you know, if you keep it simple and you help people make changes and you encourage them and find bright spots, like find positive things in what they're doing, you know, they'll make those changes. And This is episode number 129 with Nicole Acoin. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to Pursuing Health. I hope you all had a very happy holiday season and that you're ready to take on this new year. I've got some exciting news that I can't wait to share with you in the coming months, so definitely stay tuned. In the meantime, though, you all are always telling me how much you want to hear more nutrition content. So I thought, what better way to start out the new year than by talking about nutrition? This episode features a conversation I shared with Nicola Coyne, who's a registered dietitian and the founder of Healthy Steps Nutrition and CrossFit HSN. Nicole received her Bachelor of Science in Dietetics with a minor in both Business Administration and Leadership from the University of Florida, where she was also a cheerleader, and then she went on to earn her Master's in Dietetics from the University of North Florida. In addition to empowering her own clients to make lifestyle changes through diet and exercise at Healthy Steps Nutrition and CrossFit HSN, Nicole works to help other gym owners implement nutrition with their own members through her nutrition mentoring business, Grow Your Nutrition Business. Nicole is also the author of the book, Nourish, Grow Your Nutrition Business from the Ground Up. Nicole is actively involved with CrossFit as a CrossFit Level 2 trainer, a member of the CrossFit Certification Board, a regular contributor to the CrossFit Journal, and an active supporter of the CrossFit Health Movement. So I had the chance to sit down with Nicole at the 2019 CrossFit Games where we chatted about why gym owners should prioritize consistent nutrition messaging as part of their programs, the methods Nicole uses with her own clients to facilitate accountability and long-term lifestyle change, and even some more controversial topics such as conflicts of interest between the food and the dietetics industry, when nutrition advice should be deferred to a registered dietitian, and her take on the popular ketogenic diet. So before we get into the episode, just a reminder that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. And with that, we'll get started with episode number 129 of Pursuing Health featuring Nicole Acoin. Welcome to Pursuing Health. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to be here with Nicole Acoin, who I just learned how to say her last name. (laughs) Um, But we're here at the CrossFit Games. I'm super excited. You know, we've met in passing here and there at different events, and I'm really excited just to sit down and talk a little bit about your story and about nutrition in general within this global context of CrossFit and this big community and movement and everything that we're doing. Absolutely. I think we both have a passion for helping people get healthy and fit and not in the conventional sense. Yes. Right? So I'm sure there's lots of things that we'll <laughs> relate to, but let's just start at the beginning with what drew you to nutrition in the first place. Yeah. Um, so when I was really young, my mom was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and we, she was a dentist and we ate pretty healthy before. Um, but How when, old were you when this happened? I was eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really super young. young. Wow. Yep. And 
Um, we completely changed our diet and our lifestyle. And I remember like cutting out all the sugar and she went through like chemo radiation mm-hmm. the first time around and it came back as bone cancer. And mm. then we really started doing some interesting things. Like mm-hmm. my dad got a hyperbaric chamber and yeah. he was going in there. And now there's so much research that's coming wow. out with hyperbaric and cancer. Super interesting. They were very ahead of the time. <laughs> they did a lot of research. <laughs> Uh, so I knew nutrition was important, but I didn't know that it was the field or I could make a living doing mm-hmm. it. Um, and I cheered in college at University of Florida. Okay. And we all had disordered eating habits, mm-hmm. every single one of us. And they sent us all to a dietitian. And I changed my major the next day. I was like, holy cow, I can impact people and help them change their wow. diet and make this could be a career. So change my major the next day. and. Here we are. Here you are. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Do you, I mean, you were very young, I guess, at the time, but do you yeah. know what it was? I mean, a lot of people may have, you know, a diagnosis of cancer and then just follow through with the conventional treatment. But obviously your parents were kind of looking for other avenues and things that they could do. Yeah. How, is that something that they just have always done? Or how do you think that they came to the realization that nutrition was going to have an impact? Gosh, you know, I think the first time around when they did the they did exactly what the doctor said, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to have surgery, double mastectomy, and then chemo and radiation. And I have so many memories because that was a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And she was in remission. And I think when it came around the second time, I it was in her bones. So they couldn't really, it was in her back. So it was like, okay, you can't really do surgery mm-hmm. to get rid of it. And that's when we really started changing everything. I remember them like juicing a ton and taking a ton of supplements. And I, we started eating so healthy and I remember and I joke about it now with our kids uh, that you know you're looking at cereal labels and you can't have a cereal that has sugar as the first three ingredients uh-huh. it is impossible to find There's a like cereal no such thing <laughs> no they're like awful so we're not eating cereal anymore <laughs> no definitely not um so you know I think they read a book called alive and well okay and it, they flew out to Europe and they were traveling to Mexico and you know then became like really immersed in the nutrition side of it and mm-hmm. you know it made an impact in my life mm-hmm. you know years later and I started realizing okay if I eat better I'll feel better mm-hmm. right and then going to the dietitian at college okay that can affect my performance too and mm-hmm. you know cheering in college you have pressure to look a certain way yeah. and you know it's not always if you eat less, you'll look better. Right. <laughs> Although that's, oh, it's kind of hard to change that mindset. I think it's super tough. Yeah. So, you know, I think it just kind of, it was always around, right. Mm-hmm. Just the nutrition kind of topics. So once you decided that you wanted to make a career out of nutrition and you decided to change your major, yeah. um, you obviously already had a lot of kind of background and different experiences with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you then going through school and kind of in a conventional system learning about nutrition and how to use it to help other people. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot in school. I learned a lot about metabolism and Mm -hmm. I think I had to teach myself a lot about the counseling side of it, which Mm -hmm. in reality now coaching thousands of people, that's more important than metabolism. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I obviously had to, I'm in Florida. So the laws are really strict about Mm -hmm. nutrition in Florida and you have to be a licensed dietitian essentially to practice any type of nutrition Mm -hmm. or you're against the law. Um, and I realized, you know, 
okay, I need, I need these credentials. And then I went and worked in the hospital Mm -hmm. and that's when I was like, okay, I don't believe what I have to tell people, you know, giving them ensure because they're not eating enough calories right? or diabetics. I was just having a conversation on this morning with some of the MDs and Mm -hmm. we were talking about the diabetic diet at a hospital. Oh my gosh. It is awful. Like I feel, I just can't even, I can't even like put into words like how bad you feel that the patient who's in the hospital is having to eat that. Like how that is having a negative impact on their health. Well, it's as long as they're eating under 60 grams of carbohydrates for one meal, it's totally fine. They can have whatever they want. And mm-hmm. we know different types of carbs affect your body differently. And mm-hmm. you wonder why we're having to give people more and more insulin to, you know, cause this band-aid, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's crazy. And I, I ended up starting a private practice at that point. And eventually my husband was like, okay, leave the hospital. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Just do we'll that. And so how long did you work in the hospital setting? I think it was, it feels like a lot longer than it probably was. <laughs> um, definitely was probably like two and a half or three years. Okay. I stayed on, so I was full time. I was the only dietitian in the whole hospital. So mm-hmm. it was really great because I got a lot of experience yeah. with ICU and kids and lots of different disease states. Yeah. All of them. Right. Which was awesome. Um, and I made a lot of connections that way, mm-hmm. um, which the doctors still refer people to our practice today. Um, but it also made me realize what I want to do and disease prevention is really where my heart and passion is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I left happily. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something I think we can definitely relate on is there's just such a difference, I think, in what what is happening in our conventional medical system and then even some of the knowledge that lay people are being exposed to in the mainstream media and like dietary trends in our, in our country and in our world. I mean, I remember, so I actually did, I took several nutrition classes, like master's classes while I was going through med school and some, most of them, it was mostly dietitians that were going through getting their masters. And, um, you know, I remember one of our professors talking about, how she was so excited to go to the national, what is it called? The national, Fancy. Oh, yes. 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 Fancy and all the like free samples they were going to get from all these different companies. And Don't talk to me it's, about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's so hard and it's the same in medicine. It's the same in nutrition. Like there's just so many conflicts of interest in the, the drug yeah. companies and the food companies are so embedded. Um, and a lot of times I think it really hinders us from being educated in an unbiased way and then us from giving really unbiased advice to our patients. So I don't know what your experience is. Yeah. Um, unfortunately <laughs> I have too much. Yeah. So I'm on, um, the board of nutrition entrepreneurs, Okay. which is a group of dietitians, like a small practice group. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had nothing to do with this partnership, but we were on a, I was on a board meeting and they said, we just landed a sponsorship deal with the national confectioners sugar association. Oh, I was like, what I, my jaw dropped. I was like, what did we do? <laughs> we did what? Yeah. So they said at fancy, uh-huh. they're going to be, they have 10 minutes of the, like our small group. They mm-hmm. get the first 10 minutes to present and they were passing out candy and their whole philosophy was like the little bite size. And they're like, you know, you can have a little bit in moderation, Yeah, but it's still, doesn't look good, you no. know, and, and I think we can all relate that like 
can you have something a little bit once in a while? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like you're not going to be perfect every single day, Mm -hmm. but there is no reason for there to be a financial benefit to put your name next to something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's super frustrating. Pepsi was a big sponsor of Fancy for a long time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's tough because what, um, I think it's just what you're exposed to. And I think a lot of dietitians are smart enough to realize, hey, this is actually not good. I shouldn't be recommending this to my patients or I should be using a different philosophy. But I think a lot of people are influenced, whether whether you're, you know, subconsciously or consciously you're influenced because it's something that you're exposed to or you're thinking about, oh, maybe it is okay for my patients to have this every once in a while. And, you know, maybe it is, but maybe it's not what we want to lead with. For sure. I don't think that having your name associated with a sugar company is right the best thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Lots of stories. We can, I can tell my husband and I are going through just like training about, I mean, healthcare is probably one of the worst places to get good quality food, whether it's what patients are fed in the hospital or whether it's just being around the hospital, people are constantly bringing in treats. Like all the nurses stations always seem to have tons of sugar and tons of treats and especially oh, yes. night shift workers. It's just, you know, you're working overnight, you're craving sugar. And so the, the foods that end up getting catered in for lunches, for educational lunches, for doctors, for students, it's something that we are constantly fighting because we feel like if we're going to be leading and setting an example for our patients, we need to set a good example. For sure. um, and it just makes it difficult to do that. And so it's good to find people who are like-minded and try to like fight those battles in little ways, whether it's you know, we bring our own lunch to mm-hmm. these types of things and, and then eventually other people catch on and say, maybe I should bring my own lunch too. Or maybe they start to make small changes to the way that the foods that they're giving us. But it's, um, it's just, it's surprising because of how much we know nutrition has such a huge impact on our health, but yet it seems like the conventional system hasn't caught up yet or they're just so, it's just so closely tied with industry that it's hard to sort that out. It's super tough. And it's, I think it's frustrating for everyone that sees it and in a hospital setting, I worked for a hospital that was nationwide, the mm-hmm. company was. So there wasn't a change that we could make in our hospital, right? That's like super frustrating. It was, it started from the top and yeah. you know, we had to say what we had to say. And I remember there's a CrossFit physician out, actually out of Texas and she went through the MDL one probably with mm-hmm. you. Um, and she sent me a Facebook message. This was maybe a year ago. And she's like, Nicole, I need to talk to you right now. I'm like, Okay, no problem. Like, <laughs> let me let me jump on a call with you. Yeah. And she's like, the dietitian gave my client this dinner, and it was pasta and a, like sugar-free cake and mm-hmm. a juice. And they said it was totally fine because it was under sixty grams. Yeah. And she's like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "Well, you're the physician. Like, yeah. you could probably." But it was the same thing, right? Like, she couldn't make a change because there were so many other pieces of the puzzle and it's it's super tough and the only way that if you want to make a meaningful impact it quickly it's going off on your own Mm -hmm. what what you guys are doing and preaching and just sharing the message and inspiring one person at a time and Mm -hmm. hoping the snowball just right effect continues educating yeah I know I feel like at this point you know my husband and I have explored a lot of different ways of how you know what's the best way that we can practice the way we want to practice. And at this point, really, it feels like the only option is to go off on our own and kind of do our own thing outside of the system. And hopefully the system will catch up, but, and we can make, you know, changes here and there, but it's true. It's hard to change. We know medicine is one of the slowest 
industries to change and to even bring on new knowledge that we know that's out there in the literature, but it's not yet being put into practice. Um, so definitely frustrating, but how do you, um, so you practiced for a couple of years in the hospital, you decided you wanted to open your own practice. Mm -hmm. And then at what point did you find CrossFit along this path? Before. So I was in college and I had a friend who was doing CrossFit in another city and she asked me all the, like every time I saw her, she would ask me to come and I was actually texting her on the plane here to the games. And she's like, I can't believe like the journey, like, well, if you wouldn't have kept bugging me to come, (laughs) this journey wouldn't have happened. And I went and I was hooked immediately and, um, was doing CrossFit at CrossFit Gainesville and in Gainesville, Florida. And Mm -hmm. then when I moved to South Florida, I didn't know one person. Okay. So I had graduated, um, became a dietitian, got a job at West Boca Medical Center in Boca and, um, found a CrossFit met my husband there and the rest is history. Yeah. (laughs) Started coaching. Awesome. So, yeah. So you actually had been doing CrossFit. At what point did you do your level one or get exposed to maybe some of the nutrition principles that CrossFit talks about? So they talked a little bit about nutrition when I first joined the gym. There was like a intro meeting and they talked a little bit about it. I remember them giving us a handout and Mm -hmm. that was kind of it, but there was the pyramid mm-hmm. right yeah well I'm like there's not really that much focus on right. nutrition it's the base of the pyramid but yeah and then when I went and started CrossFit at CrossFit um, Deerfield Beach they same thing like, I think it was even skipped over completely they didn't talk about nutrition but then when they found out I was a dietitian they just kept sending everyone to me okay to answer any questions mm-hmm. which I was totally fine with happy to do yeah. and there was another CrossFit that was local that was asking me to come in and talk to their clients about nutrition. So I would go in once a month and it was probably like 2014, maybe 13 that I took my level one and I realized, okay, this is why no one feels confident. No gym owner, no, no coach feels confident talking about nutrition because one hour lecture Mm -hmm. is just not enough to give people the confidence beyond what worked well for me or a challenge where there's a lot of structure Mm -hmm. and it's true, right? And most CrossFit gyms, gym owners that I talk to, they run a challenge Mm -hmm. twice a year and that's the only time nutrition's brought up, Yeah, which is unfortunate because that's where people need the most help. Right. Right. Yeah. It's such a great point that, you know, nutrition is the base of the pyramid, the fitness pyramid. And we learn about that at the level one. And there's, I mean, I think there's a fantastic overview of nutrition in that one hour Um, and I think it's true that oftentimes we try to overcomplicate it and it doesn't need to be overcomplicated, but there's so many nuances of how do you actually implement that with your clients. Um, and I see too, I think a lot of, there's a lot of trends that come and go through CrossFit and we've seen paleo and we've seen macros and keto and all these things and different programs that maybe members hook onto and they do, but they're not always part of what the gym is offering. Yeah. Um, and then like you said, the gym, maybe gyms are doing like, finite challenges and then they don't talk about it so much for the rest of the year. So I know that for you with healthy steps, that's a big focus is trying to educate gym owners on how they can implement that more into their affiliate. So what are some of the things that you found to be really helpful? Consistency is the most important thing, like consistency, consistency from what your website says and what you're talking about during classes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think 
you know, even going back to level one, I was recently, when you were um, teaching at the DDC or I was there for the DDC, Mm -hmm. you were doing the MDL one, the nutrition talk now today Mm -hmm. is awesome. Like you're talking about so many different things besides just zone. So people can help clients in different ways. And I jumped in for that lecture just because I wanted to hear what had changed over the years. And I think it's really great now. Um, But I think, you know, with, when I look at gyms, consistency is the most important thing because your members are not going to make nutrition a priority if you don't. Mm -hmm. And it starts from the top, right? Like if you're a gym owner and you're bringing in donuts or you're bringing Coke or you're just eating out every single meal, your members are not going to think they need to make nutrition a priority because you don't. And we know everyone's metabolic rate is different and activity level is different. And some people can eat a little bit more or Mm -hmm. be a little bit less strict than others. But if you're wanting to really help your clients and prevent disease and help them get to that mm-hmm. wellness spectrum, then right. we should be getting them to eat real food and be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest thing that we preach with gyms, right? You have to be consistent with the message. So true. And I think we see that. I mean, people can can be regular members of a CrossFit affiliate, go four or five days a week for a consistent basis, but still maybe not be very healthy per se, if their nutrition is really off or they're really not putting good fuel into their body or they're not, um, maybe drinking a lot of alcohol or like various other, there's so much of the lifestyle that goes on outside the gym. That's critical. Um, and yes, the exercise part is extremely important, but it's just one piece of the puzzle. So true. You know, even sleep, right? Like Mm -hmm. what you're eating, how you're recovering, just, there's so many different pieces of the puzzle. And I, until people start realizing that there are all those pieces and they can't just focus on going to the gym more to see mm-hmm. great results. And that does work for a lot of people at the beginning, right? Yeah. You know, they go from sitting on the couch every day to burning X number of calories in a class. Like they'll start making change, but then what happens if they're more hungry and they're still eating junk food, they're still going to just eat more food. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're going to reach a plateau and they're going to say, Oh, CrossFit didn't work for me. And I've had gym owners tell me that people have left their gym to because the online nutrition program that they're following is working better. Mm, Wow. No, that's not okay. (laughs) Like you need to help them with both. And maybe at our facility, we have people that come to us just for nutrition. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we get them bought in on fitness or personal training or something um, to get them moving more, but get people just in your facility and get them starting to eat better and they'll feel better and they'll feel Mm -hmm. more confident. And then they'll want to come to classes. Yeah. Right. What are some of the ways, you know, you said consistency is really important, but what are some of the ways that you find it works well to, to make sure you have that consistency? Like how can gyms bring nutrition back into focus? I think getting your staff on the same page is really, really important. So if you have a staff member that's talking about following an online program or keto or intermittent fasting or paleo, there's Mm -hmm. all these different diets out there and people are already so confused. So confused. Like you Google diet and there's. Mm-hmm. over a million search results, right. right? Or you go to Publix and you see all these different magazines with right. how to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. They're just overwhelmed with all the misinformation. And it starts with, you know, getting your staff on the same page. Like what is your nutrition philosophy mm-hmm. and make sure everyone understands the same thing. And you know, I think too, when, when gyms look at what they should offer for nutrition, it's not different types of nutrition. Like you shouldn't offer different types of diets. You should offer an individualized plan where there's levels of 
accountability. Mm -hmm. So is a client coming and talking to you weekly or biweekly? Are they coming in person every four weeks? Like don't make them choose what type of diet they already are overwhelmed because they don't know what type of diet is going to work best for them. Like assess them and work on one thing at a time to help them achieve long-term results instead of change, changing 50 things at one time. Mm -hmm. Right. So true. What would you say when your clients come to you, what would you say is your general nutrition philosophy or where do you start with people? Where they're at. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'll ask questions like, tell me about a typical day. Mm -hmm. Um, How often are you eating out? What do you usually eat out or what do you usually eat? Um, Do you have snacks during the day and and find out what worked well for them in the past? Mm -hmm. Like when they've lost weight before, what are even their goals? Maybe they don't want to lose weight. We had a guy come into the gym last week and I was working out and my husband was coaching and I love taking classes. It's not that often that I get to do it, yeah. but I see this guy come in. He's super nervous, right? Like walking in the door. And so I put down the barbell, I go run over and introduce myself and he's super skinny. He's like, I'm going through a divorce. He started crying. He's oh, like, wow. I need, I need support and I need to start eating again. And mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, the strength that he even had to come in, like, obviously he's going through so much yeah. and, um, he, yeah, was like, I, I need help. And I, I didn't even give him an option that wasn't nutrition. If you, if I would have gotten him into the gym and he wanted to work out, he wanted to do the exercise. But if I would have gotten him into only classes, he would have lost even more weight because he wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, we're just going to start with nutrition and, and we'll get you in exercise. No problem. Like we'll get you in doing personal training sessions. And then you can come into classes and get the community that, that you really need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so important for people to have the nutrition first so that they get what they need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And prioritize that and be able to fuel the training. Absolutely. And just start feeling better. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know we feel better when we work out, but imagine if you didn't eat anything before or after your workout, now you're going to be tired the rest of the day Mm -hmm. and you're not going to want to do anything. And then, you know, your recovery is going to be not as great. So you want to make sure that you're consistent. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What are some of the, for, for affiliate owners, maybe who yeah. they've taken or, or trainers in general, they've maybe taken the level one. Yep. Maybe they've read a little bit online, but yep. they want to further their knowledge in nutrition or further their knowledge of how to implement this with clients. Yeah. What do you think are good ways that people can continue to learn? I think nutrition is such an evolving thing that always trying to learn more is really important, but nutrition working with clients is so much more than just like knowing metabolic pathways, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about counseling and coaching and figuring out where people are at now and what's a realistic next step for them Mm -hmm. and understanding like you can't jump too far for people because then they're not going to do well. They're not going to feel confident. And then they're going to say, this didn't work well for me versus figuring out, okay, what's a realistic next step. I'm going to hold you accountable to that. You're going to see success and then we're going to move to the next thing. So for gym owners or nutrition coaches that are looking to make nutrition a bigger priority, I think it's constantly reading. I mean, I've written articles for the CrossFit Journal. Mm-hmm. Like start there. I wrote a book called Nourish, which is how to build your nutrition program, That's right? Awesome. We gave out yeah. 200 copies in the affiliate lounge this this weekend. Um, but like constantly learn and precision nutrition is a great course. We have a training program with our program. So when gyms sign up, they go through a training process, the owner and a nutrition coach. Okay. I think it's really important that the gym owner understands what's being said about nutrition. Yeah. 
Um, and there's so much the, the business side, right? Like how much to charge? What, how should you package braces? Mm-hmm. You know, package programs and how to market your program. Because a lot of times, you know, we're working with more and more 10-year affiliates now that have never made nutrition a priority. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is the missing piece of the puzzle. Now to rechange your culture after yeah. having fitness be the main thing for so long you know it, it just takes time and if the owner doesn't understand what is involved with it then mm-hmm. your program's only going to go so far so I think the owner and whoever's going to run the program for us we recommend only one nutrition coach at a facility to start mm-hmm. just because consistency is so important um you know, I had a private practice first mm-hmm. so before we opened our our CrossFit affiliate uh, so our clients never knew each other right so yeah. if I worked with someone, if I worked with you, you didn't know right. the next person. You're not going to meet like maybe in the waiting room or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Likely you'll, you'll never even talk yeah. to someone, but in a gym setting, it's completely different, right? Cause your Everyone best friends are all doing other. nutrition too. And if I'm doing something with you and not following up the same way I am with your best friend who's doing nutrition, they're going to feel like I'm, they're not getting the same service or the same value. And when you have multiple nutrition coaches and not a streamlined form of communication and processes and procedures, then it's super tough because yeah. people feel like, Oh, I, I want to go to only Julie because she's follows up with her clients more than mm-hmm. Betsy, the other nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. Right. You want to feel like people are going to get the same experience no matter who they go to. Exactly. It's the same thing with CrossFit classes, right? Yeah. Like you have the warm up and you have everything written out. Um, I mean, you're coaching people individually, you're giving people individual cues, but mm-hmm. the layout of, the class is the same, you know, the, the timing's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. You know what to expect. You know, exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that Florida is one of the states that has the most strict regulations, right? About who can give nutrition advice. Yeah. And I know every state is different. Yep. Um, I know that CrossFit has been fighting a lot of legal battles <laughs> in order to try to protect um, trainers rights to yeah. at least talk to their, their clients about nutrition. But there is a big, um, I think it's a, it's a tricky thing because yeah. obviously you went through school, you worked in a lot of clinical settings in a hospital, like you said, in an ICU with a lot of different disease states. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there comes a point where sometimes a person does need more tailored advice um, for their situation. And I think we're in such a situation in our country where Everyone needs help. You know, there's so many people who need help with changing their diet and even making small changes and just working on getting towards real food or, um, you know, just kind of with the basics. But it, you also want to know kind of when you're overstepping your boundaries and when it's time for maybe someone to work with a registered dietitian or someone who has expertise, especially if you're working with someone who has some sort of chronic disease or, you know, medical condition. For sure. So how do you advise trainers or nutrition coaches about how to know where that boundary is. Um, and obviously we'll, we want to all work together with the same goal of helping people get healthier and improve their nutrition. But what do you think is kind of the role of all the different experts out there? Because like you said, it's true. Even, even getting consistent advice is hard. Yeah. Right. Because if you talk to two different, even two different dietitians, I mean, I know it's hard for me to even refer patients to a dietitian kind of in a conventional system. Cause I, I don't know if I agree with the advice they're going to get. Couldn't agree more. And you go, 
to one dietitian or another, you're going to get com maybe completely different advice. And so how do you find your allies? And then how do you know, like, how to get people to the right support that they need? Gosh, it's a big, sorry, that was a big question. No, I think there's so many different pieces of the puzzle with that question, right? Because the laws are super strict. Mm -hmm. I mean, in Florida, if you look at the actual law, you cannot charge for nutrition unless you're a dietitian. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a... You can't overstep that. <laughs> I, that's a pretty wide range of what yeah. you cannot do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if you were at Zoe's present... You yes, were, yes. And she put that up that map right and mm -hmm. I do free calls with gym owners all day long when I'm at home and and I pull up that map a lot of times I'm like okay you're in Georgia that is a red state you have to have a dietitian involved in your program some way shape or form mm -hmm. so whether it's working with us and the dietitians that we have under our umbrella or you finding someone which is going to take a lot longer because you want to figure out all right are they teaching the same thing that they have to preach at the hospital mm -hmm. or are they teaching a little bit um different yeah than like more in line with the philosophy that we have here in CrossFit. Exactly. Yeah. So looking at like eatright.org or just looking at your state laws is really important to be informed. I was talking to a CrossFit in Miami um, not that long ago and they were fined like $7,000 because they were giving out macros. Wow. And yeah, you know, I think there is rules for, for a licensure, right? Um, you know, protecting scope of practice and, you know, teaching someone how to manage their kidney disease when they're on dialysis and their diet does have to be super strict or pancreatitis when, mm -hmm. you know, there could be some damaging things that happen if they eat the conventional mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think most people just need help being consistent and eating mm -hmm. real food and you don't necessarily need to be a dietitian to do that. Yeah. So, look I mean talk to people before you start referring like I don't know about you I'm sure you guys get approached by companies mm -hmm. all the time trying to sell their products or trying to get you to partner with their products and yeah. I do not put our name next to anything unless I've personally used it or we work with the company as like a test first mm -hmm. to see like okay if I'm going to put my name next to this I want to know I want to be 100% sure that there's not going to be any negative consequences for any of our clients and that we're only helping our clients get better and if we can make it easier for them awesome but it's tough right because even multi-level marketing companies, right? Yeah. I and mean, there's so many, I get an email every single week from one <laughs> like, Hey, Nicole, do you want to sell our protein or right. pre-workout or these yeah. pills? No, I don't want to sell anything. I want people to eat real food. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll sell the stuff for like the farmer's market or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We have chickens and I'll sell those <laughs> fresh eggs that we get every yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I think you need to do your research, right? Like talk to, before you partner with anyone, like figure out what they're preaching. Like, what do they sell? What are the motives behind what they do? Like, what's their story? Because it, be a nutrition client for them with mm -hmm. them first, like find out what they're telling their clients. And if it's not in line with what your philosophies are, then don't refer people to them. Mm -hmm. Right. But it, it's tough because you do, you should have someone for those complicated cases and, you know, look at what your state laws are for sure. Mm -hmm. And for gyms that work with us, like we're hiring a, a licensed dietitian in every single state so that there is someone under our umbrella yeah. that is licensed that if there is a complicated case, they can work directly with one of our dietitians. And I started, I think it was after the health conference last year, we started a Facebook group, Dietitians in CrossFit. Oh, awesome. And 
you know, they'll post things in there yeah. and I'll kind of respond and, you know, we'll go back and forth just helping each other. Mm-hmm. I think most dietitians are as frustrated as yes. anyone, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there are good people in the CrossFit industry right. and, you know, good dietitians. And I remember there was an article that Lon Kilgore wrote about okay. dietitians and did you read it? <laughs> I, I remember seeing it. I don't remember exactly what it said, but I can imagine. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I had never met him before mm-hmm. and I read this article. My blood starts boiling. It was hundred percent true. The whole thing was true, okay. but it like just put such like a, a tarnish on dietitians. Like, man, I, kind of it was talking about like where's the funding coming mm-hmm. from and mm-hmm. kind of the the history behind the rd credential right. happened to be that a couple days later was the um board meeting and uh, i'm on the board and we're on the board together oh gosh and we're in the airport and he walks right up to me he's like hey nicole <laughs> and he i don't even think he got a minute into the conversation he's like what did you think about my article i know you read it <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I think you had some really valid points and dietitians were emailing me, me and yeah. Instagram messaging me like, gosh, this thing was terrible. I'm like, well, kind of yeah. true, but there are some dietitians in there that are preaching the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, at the very basics of it, we all went to school because we wanted to help people get healthy. Right. And we had to earn those credentials or, mm-hmm. you know, that was the way we went to it same thing you know right I think this is exactly the same I think it's kind of unfortunate because I think it's the same for doctors right now like I think we're all basically victims of the system like we're victims of a bad system and it's like we shouldn't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater we should say because the system is not great doesn't mean that all dietitians and all doctors are also not great or have bad intentions. There are definitely great people. Most people who went into healthcare went into healthcare because they wanted to help people. Absolutely. And so, yeah, maybe some people are getting swept up by that system, but there's also a lot of people who have great intentions who also feel like they're trapped in the system and they want to have a, have a better way to help patients. And so it's, hard for me to see even just to, to have a blanket statement like, Oh, dietitians are evil. And they're trying to like, (laughs) you know, be, you know, they're all working with these food companies and whatever, because they're not all, they aren't all working with food companies. And a lot of it is more, um, just kind of a system and these associations that we have. And so we have to just like, like you created that Facebook group, we have to like stick together and find people who are feeling the same way and then figure out a way to make that voice bigger than, if you can empower one person to make a change, like mm-hmm. even every single day, I think that's amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like yesterday after I got done speaking at the expo stage, guy came up to me and he's like, I just want to let you know I've lost 75 pounds using your program. That's I'm like, amazing. I goosebumps. I'm like, yeah. this is good job. It's worth like, it. It's all worth it. Yeah. Right? You know, I think you know, I believe something as like fundamental as nutrition shouldn't be complicated. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you keep it simple and you help people make changes and you encourage them and find bright spots, like find positive things in what they're doing, you know, they'll make those changes. And there are a lot of people out there that aren't dietitians that want to do the same thing. And, you know, we partnered with Precision Nutrition last year. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard great things about it. Yeah. Yeah, we... I, I did too. And Actually, I think my husband got the book. Like, he's like, I'm just going to get it because I think you can send it back and get a refund within a certain amount of time. He's like, I just want to flip through and see what's in there. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's like you start with basic biochemistry. I mean, you are learning the basics. Yeah. So 
It was about a year ago, and we had um, some of the nutrition coaches using our program. And we have basic nutrition coaching in our training. More is getting added all the time. Um, but they were asking me about precision nutrition. So I was like, well, let me just reach out to them and see mm-hmm. what they'll do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I reach out and the guy, the head of partnerships emailed me back within a couple hours. It was like in the middle of the night, his time, I'm like, man, this wow. guy is like on it. <laughs> He's working. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, we would love to talk to you. So they ended up usually with the way precision nutrition works is you have like two open enrollments and they've got like this VIP list that you can get on. And then you can, if you get in there in time, you can sign up for the course. They basically like, we understand that people join your program at different times and they would want to do that training course at, at different times. So mm-hmm. he basically gave us a link that we can sign people up at any time and at a super discounted rate. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is great. Cause I think the more tools you have in your toolbox, the more confident you're going to be as a nutrition coach, mm-hmm. right? Like I did my L2 and it was awesome, right? Definitely. It was a humble experience, yes, it but, is. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was really great. Yeah. And you know, I think again, more tools in your toolbox and precision nutrition is really habit-based and I, that's what our philosophy is too. Mm-hmm. So it, it aligns really, really well. And going back to what we were talking about earlier with what can people do? I think that's a great course mm-hmm. to take and, we did an affiliate owner breakfast this morning, or gosh, it feels like it's all ran together. It was <laughs> yesterday morning. We had someone come talk from Precision Nutrition, and they did a great job. And I think the more simple you can make it for people, the, mm-hmm. the more likely they're going to stick to it, right? Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about CrossFit Health, because you've been yeah. around a lot with everything that's been going on over the past couple of years. And now, you know, we're doing these MDL1 simultaneously having this... DDC where they're bringing in some really amazing speakers and I know you've been to a lot of those. So what are your general thoughts about this new movement? Kind of obviously there's a lot of changes within CrossFit, but what are you most excited about with CrossFit health? I love it. I love everything about it. I was talking to Pat about it. Um, Pat Sherwood. Yeah. Yeah, She's been leading the, a lot of those conferences. Yeah. He'll open it up, right? Mm-hmm. The, the DDC, the last one I went to, he, he opened it up and, you know, he made from an affiliate owner, it's tough to see what's going on behind the scenes. Like mm-hmm. what's going on at these DDCs and why is there so much, why is there a 70 year old man with a 80 seventies couch, yeah. like squatting with blue jugs? Like right. no one gets it. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, we're trying to help the most chronically ill get to health and, yes. and wellness. And Pat, and I can't remember exactly what he said. And, uh, you know, he had such a great way of explaining what CrossFit health is doing and they're just exposing the mess and CrossFit's the solution to that mess. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, when he was, um, leading the, the health conference this weekend or on Thursday, Wednesday, whatever day it was, (laughs) it's been um, a long week. (laughs) It really has. Uh, I walked up to him and I was like, man, I wish, I wish you would have done that talk that you opened the DDC with, because that is what affiliate owners need to hear. Mm -hmm. He's like, Nicole, trust me, we're, we're making it. And I promise it's going to get out. And we're all anxiously waiting for all of these videos. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think affiliate owners just need to understand that. And I think if you talk to most affiliate owners, their ideal client isn't someone here. It's the person that the most inspiring client is someone that's lost a hundred pounds. That's completely changed their life and helped the family get healthy. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all opened a gym and took a lot of leaps of faith to do that, Mm -hmm. um, with the passion of wanting to help people. And CrossFit health is just 
driving a different population to the door that needs the most help. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to help people with the nutrition aspect first and then fitness, you're in such an awesome position to really move with the momentum that CrossFit's going, Mm -hmm. right? It's so true. So true. Um, You mentioned a lot about helping people with accountability, helping people more with kind of the psychological side of eating and food and nutrition. What are some of the ways I know? I think I can imagine one, just having a consistent person who you can check in with. And right now I see a lot of people going from program to program where they do something for a few months. They feel good. They've kind of lose track. And then a few months later they try something else. And so, and, and still when I hear from, people who are listening to the podcast or I hear from just generally the community, I think people struggle most with nutrition and they struggle most with accountability. Yep. They know what to do. Of They've course. done it before, but it's how do they, how does it become something that's consistent and part of their everyday life forever? And obviously it's going to change and evolve, but what are some of the ways that you help clients or that you coach people to help clients with that consistency and accountability? So, from a nutrition coaching standpoint at setting expectations, like, okay, you're going to hear from me every Monday and I want to hear back from you within 24 hours Mm -hmm. of that. So when you hear from me, I'm asking you about something we talked about previously. I'm keeping you accountable to that and setting up a structure so that you're following up with clients as a nutrition coach is is really, really important. And for the clients, right? Because they need to know I have someone on on my side, if I'm having them log in my fitness pal, which we don't do for every client, but if they do, and they know that I'm going to go in there and look, mm-hmm. that's going to help them stay on track. Right. And sure. you know, we use in body, um, to track biometrics, but tracking biometrics is such an awesome thing too, because people seeing those numbers go down though, them seeing the printouts and tracking measurements, them seeing the changes that mm-hmm. success leads to motivation to continue. Absolutely. Right. And tracking those measurements as opposed to just the number on the scale, because especially if you're working out, like you want to know what is the actual body composition and maybe you're getting stronger and that's what's driving that number on the scale up. For sure. You know, you have to look at so many different things and measurements on like tape measurements are really great because inches fall off so much faster than, Mm -hmm. than body fat or body weight. Mm -hmm. And then looking at like, how do you feel? You know, are you sleeping better? Are you recovering better? Like what's your energy look like? What's your mood look like? Mm-hmm. Right. There's so many different aspects to health. And I think people are, you know, this are super tough on themselves. I like, think about you as an athlete, right? Yeah. I'm sure like there are so many memories of you here, not, you know, back in yeah. Carson, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like you do an event and then you pick apart every single little thing. You're like, right. how could I have done that better? Like right. that's the nature of the so our, our, we're our own worst critics for sure. And so true. You know, I think as a client, sometimes people just need to see like, wow, you did a really awesome job following through with X mm-hmm. and keep doing that. And that's all you need to say to them. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing yeah. an amazing job. And you know, that's what sometimes people need to hear. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have clients come in and they're like, Nicole, I did nothing. I'm like, okay. All right. So last time we talked about this and you were, eating 20 cookies at night and we cut it back to 10 you are 50 percent better than you are doing huge right (laughs) it's so true the way that we kind of catastrophize things or think about i have this conversation with my husband all the time at the end of the day or one of us will be like oh i didn't get anything done today or i wish i had done this and then we take a step back and we're like oh wow we did a lot like we are moving in the right we're still moving in the right direction and 
having someone that you can check in with that puts that spotlight back on the progress and the good things is so important because naturally as human beings, it's just not what we do. Yeah. And you know, in today's culture, like people want, when it's success yesterday. Yeah. And if they don't see like all these amazing changes in one week, the program didn't work. I'm, I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. And that's really unfortunate because consistency is what's going to help drive people forward. And that's one of the reasons why we have three month commitments to our program. Cause I don't want people to expect everything to happen in one meeting. And trust me, that's how I started. When I opened my really? practice, I had, we called it like the power hour and it was like word vomit at you. <laughs> I'm for, just going to tell you everything I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to set you up for success. Here's everything. And they're like leaving. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what to do. So overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and then when we started going into one month, it, it was a little bit better, one month commitments. And, and then I was like, you know what? I, I think three months to get people started and to understand the value of accountability mm-hmm. so that we just convert them over to a monthly membership after that is so important. And almost every single one of our people converts over to ongoing accountability after that initial three months because they realize the value of having someone to check in with them regularly mm-hmm. and the progress that they've made. And, you know, maybe they reach their short-term goal, but they still have such a long way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think as a nutrition coach, if you only talk about what you can expect to see in one month, mm-hmm. you're kind of setting yourself up for not failure, but for your clients to not understand how you can help them long-term. Mm-hmm. But if you say like, okay, your body fat percentage is 40%. For health reasons, we want to get it down to 25. We have 15% to lose, expect to lose 1% per month, Mm -hmm. you would expect to work with me for 15 months. Mm -hmm. And there we go. You know, like you're not asking them to commit for 15 months, Mm -hmm. but at least you're, you're putting it out there so that people understand, right? Like there's time. Yeah. Yeah. I used to give an example all the time about, you know, when you talk about CrossFit, we have an on-ramp program at our gym. Mm -hmm. So if someone new comes in our facility, they do not go into group classes. Mm -hmm. Like I want to work with them one-on-one first, Mm -hmm. get them moving with a PVC pipe before they pick up a barbell. Um, mechanics, consistency, intensity, they say, yes, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you know, if you didn't talk about, okay, after this four, one hour personal training sessions, you'll move into either ongoing personal training or group classes. They might think like, oh, I got the basics down with this four hours. Now I'm going to go to planet fitness and do it on my own. Mm. Right. Like you start off with, okay, this is intro program. But after that is when this awesome thing happens. Yeah. And that's what you need to do with nutrition coaching too. Like lay out the plan for people. You're the expert. Mm -hmm. Like they're coming to you for help. Tell them what they need. Mm -hmm. And I think so many gym owners are so scared to say like, Oh, you need nutrition you need fitness. But really if you're not talking about both, like you're doing that client a disservice because they're not going to see the results they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So true. Both so important. We have been hearing a lot about, ketogenic diets. And I know that's been a big focus at a lot of, a lot of the speakers at CrossFit health conferences. I mean, specific for specific applications, but also just in general. Yep. So I'm really curious about your take on that, especially with, and I think I've had several conversations this week with just different doctors or people who attended the health conference about, you know, what is really an, an optimal diet or what, what should we be doing to fuel a CrossFit style training? Not, not a competition training, but someone who is maybe going to the gym three to five days a week, doing a class. That's what they do for their exercise. Otherwise they're living their lives, their jobs, their families, whatever it else it is that they're doing. 
Do you think that a ketogenic diet can work for, I mean, I know it's individual, but yeah. do you think a ketogenic diet can work for those people? Is it a good idea? Is it something that's worth trying? And then if it's something, I think we're seeing a lot of people just giving it a go. If yeah. it is something that people want to try, like what type of supervision or monitoring do you think that they should do before they jump into it? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've worked with especially in the cancer realm. Yes. And we have some cancer patients that will put on a ketogenic diet and follow them super closely and watch their numbers mm -hmm. and see like, okay, how is their body reacting to it? And mm -hmm. we've seen some really cool things happen in that population. Yeah. Like really amazing things. And you know, in that population, it's a no brainer for me to mm -hmm. start there. Mm -hmm. But I think for a lot of people, it's a really big jump from where they're at right now, mm -hmm. you know? And when we talk about the general cross, the general population, like you can make some amazing progress by cutting out the sugar and cookies that you're eating and the juice and the mm -hmm. diet soda and eating more vegetables, mm -hmm. um, that might be a little bit more sustainable. If someone came to us and said, like they were set on trying it. Okay. I can support you mm -hmm. and make you encourage you to make healthy decisions by trying it as an experiment and asking them questions like, how are your energy? How's your recovery? How are these other key factors mm -hmm. with you getting into ketosis and, and you know, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling great, okay, awesome. But so many people, and I think what's frustrating for me because, you know, you watch like on social media, it's like super popular, right? right? So people will say, you know, oh, I'm following keto and really they're eating a giant ribeye and they're not following. I mean, they've cut carbs, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at like the percentages of macronutrients to get in ketosis, like are you really in ketosis or are you just saying that you're doing keto because it's cool mm -hmm. or you know, are you eating a ton of processed stuff and with keto becoming super popular? There's all these different food products now. Yeah. Just like we got the paleo foods. Now we have the keto. Foods. There's a million of them <laughs> and there's all these ketone supplements. Someone just came up to yeah. me with a bag or a bottle of a ketone supplement literally right before we got on this podcast. <laughs> Nicole, what do you think about this? I'm like, man, uh, it's people just want to make money, right? Yeah. And they just want to sell you on something. Mm -hmm. And it's super unfortunate because a lot of people get stuck in that trap and they see like, oh, it worked really well for my neighbor. So I'm going to try that too. And in reality, it's going to push them back further because they're going to get super frustrated. And then they're going to say, this didn't work for me. And are you able to, could you do it in a healthful way? I think we've learned, you know, keto has been coming up at dietitian conferences for years, mm -hmm. right? And like, there are some like, can it work? Absolutely. Yeah. But for a lot of our clients, I think eating real foods and just moderation of things and being consistent is a really effective way mm -hmm. to achieve long-term success and making it so that, you know, we have 28 year olds at home. I want them to eat the same foods that I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I want them to understand what a balanced plate looks like. And I don't want it to be like, Oh, I'm eating something different than, than you're yeah. eating. And mm -hmm. I want them to understand the value of the whole experience of yeah. food and, and how, it, yes, absolutely. The so, it, you know, is there a role mm -hmm. for a ketogenic diet? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, as a nutrition coach, it's your job to assess the client and figure out what's going to be best for them. And if they want to try something as an experiment, 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. We did a fad diet recently with Precision Nutrition, and that was one of the big topics. Okay. And, you know, I think we're on the same page. Like, try it as an experiment. Your job as a nutrition coach is to help give them an educated way of doing it, mm-hmm. right? Like, just because you're following a ketogenic diet doesn't mean you should eat a three pounds of bacon every day. Right. You know, and I think when you look at what really happens when people are following keto, it's mm-hmm. they're just cutting out carbs and adding a ton of protein. And right. that's not how you get in ketosis. Right. Right. And then, it, you know, it's just, it's, there's such a continuum, right? Between like our standard American, very high carb diet. And then all the way to keto being a very extreme or like a protein sparing diet being very extreme kind of the other way where yes, if you try to jump all the way from one to the other and then you fall out of it or like a month, two months goes by and you're like, this isn't for me. And then you start right back at square one versus trying to do it in a very gradual way or maybe for a time period doing it, but with someone who can be that voice in your head of what are we learning from this? How are we feeling? How do we want to move forward from this? If it's not what we want to be, you know, doing for the rest of our lives to find, like you said, find something that's going to be sustainable that we can, that we know is going to support our health um, and still allow us to experience life. So absolutely. Yeah. I did a, a keto experiment myself last summer. I was inspired by all the CrossFit health conferences and I said, okay, I have to at least try it and figure yeah. out what this is about. And I actually committed for 12 weeks, which is longer than I've done most of my own personal dietary <laughs> experiments, but I felt like 12 weeks was what I needed to do. And I did learn a lot from it. Um, but, and it wasn't, I think the discipline of it, like when we think about discipline and being restrictive at first, it seems like you're taking a lot of energy. But for me, it was easier because I didn't have to make a lot of decisions about what to eat. I kind yep. of already knew. Um, but I think it doesn't allow you to enjoy certain other aspects of your social situation, like going out to eat with friends or going to a barbecue or whatever, when there's food prepared and you don't know exactly what's in it or what the macronutrient composition is. And it's one of those things that's not very, it's, it's hard to go in and out of, but if you want it to be effective, you kind of have to stay in it permanently. So it's, it's one of those things that I think unless you have a specific medical indication, um, where it could be like a cancer patient where it could be really important for you, um, you know, to stay in for a long-term period. It might be something that you want to try experiment with, but then be really cognizant about where you're going to go from there. Absolutely. You want something that's sustainable long-term and I don't know many people that stay there Mm long-term. You know, I think we met a doctor this morning that he's like, I've been doing ketogenic diet for two years. Awesome the majority of your population is not going to be there or want to stay that yeah. committed. And that's tough for me to see, you know, I'm doing keto, but then I'm going out on the weekends and I'm having all these margaritas. That's not going to keep you right. in ketosis. <laughs> right. But you also want people to enjoy life. You right. know, if you're it's Thanksgiving or you're at Disney world and there's a funnel cake in front of you, like have a couple bites and then move on. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, you don't need to sit there and binge on something. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with their relationship with food, right? Yeah. They like go so restrictive and then it's the complete opposite until they snap out of that. And then they go so restrictive again versus like, okay, let's have moderation. And you know, if you want a little something, okay, have it, then move on. Like let's not dwell, mm-hmm. like have a treat and then move on mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Right. Like there's a, I, there's a research study that I think I talked about on the podcast with a previous guest about how your, um, 
like mental experience of when you're eating food actually impacts the physiology and how it impacts your physiology. So if you're eating it and you're thinking, this is a cheat, this is bad for me, but I'm going to like enjoy it. It turns on different hormones than if you're eating it thinking that like, this is good for me. I'm enjoying this wonderful treat and it's, you know, a good, you know, it's, you're not feeling guilty about it. And so I think that's a huge thing that if people are, going back and forth and then having a lot of guilt for things that they eat is very different than if you're just, wow, I'm really going to enjoy this food and appreciate it and then move on um, and eat some vegetables later. You know? Yeah. And I think people need to understand and I know our culture, right? Like we go hang out with our friends. We sit down where we are breaking bread a lot of times. Yeah. Right. And you don't want to miss out on life experiences because you're afraid of what is going to be served there. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely ways to stay on track and follow a healthy lifestyle and still enjoy all the things that you want to enjoy. I mean, goodness, I've been here for almost a week and I've eaten out literally every meal and (laughs) it's all right. You know, last night I had a burger and I got salad on the side and you know, it's fine. right? Right. Um, but you don't want to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm at the CrossFit Games. I have to bring and portion every single thing. And now I've missed out on all these opportunities to hang out with people that are running our nutrition program or came all the way from Italy and, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to hang out. I, you have to be able to enjoy life, mm-hmm. you know? It's so true. And so many of those great social interactions happen over food. It's just our culture. I think it's the way most cultures are. Yeah. So. And, you know, with parents, like, goodness, I was on a podcast with Savan we talked about mm-hmm. kids and he has twins we have twins mm-hmm. and you know I th- think it's so important for parents to understand like you need to teach your kids at a young age that whole foods and real foods is really important and you know s- there's so much misinformation out there and parents I I cannot imagine a parent wanting to set their kid up for failure right and if right. your kid is overweight at two years old it's like an 85 percent chance they're going to be overweight at, at 35 years old yeah like you have to start them young and you know you as an individual being healthy is only going to help the whole family mm-hmm. be healthy and getting the real foods in the house and getting processed foods out of the house is going to set your whole family up for success right? right right think about all the other things that we do for our kids I mean I don't have kids but all the things that people do for their kids because yeah. <laughs> they want them to be like happy and healthy and successful and like food is just such a it's you know you're eating food three times a day you're it's something that I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's something that we can all do for sure. Absolutely. And just people overcomplicate it, right? Mm -hmm. Like shop the perimeter of the grocery store for the most part. Like look for things that are on the ground or grow and not made in a manufacturer and keep it simple and in moderation, right? Like stop eating when you're 75% full because your brain takes 15 minutes to catch up to your belly. And most people, I mean, I've even done it, right? Like go out to a restaurant, you're starving. Gosh, we waited last night for two hours mm-hmm. for a table. I'm like, give me all the food. <laughs> uh, but if you slow down and really enjoy the time that you're spending yes. with people, instead of just shoving a bunch of food in your mouth, you'll realize, oh, I'm full. I need, I can stop mm-hmm. instead of, oh, I need to clean my plate. Mm-hmm. You know? So true. So true. Well, I want to start wrapping up. So I ask three questions at the end of every podcast. Okay. The first one is if you can tell us the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one thing that I've actually, this was a, a new thing this year. Um, I, we use sugar wad 
and yeah. mm-hmm. it tracks like your workouts, mm-hmm. you know, for the weekend. I committed that I was going to do 16 workouts per week and okay. just mentally, like, it doesn't seem like a lot. I own a gym, you know, like I yeah. feel like there should be a lot Wait, more. 16 per week. Sorry. 16 per month. Okay. <laughs> well, 16 per week would be a lot. I was going to say, wow. No, per month. <laughs> like how that'd be a lot. Um, but that has really helped me kind of mentally be able to focus on do really well with work and not mm-hmm. feel guilty that I'm not getting a workout in, right? Like you just want to feel better. And I think that is something that's helped me a ton. And it's really cool because it's people jumped on board with it. Like oh, cool. they'll kind of send me a message and say, hey, Nicole, I, I met my 16 out of 16 this month too. That's and awesome. our whole mentor team is on board now. It's, it's really cool. Uh, that's one thing. Um, another thing that is a really important thing for our family is we all sit down for dinner together mm-hmm. and our kids are involved with cooking. So like our daughter has a little HSN apron that she'll wear. Aww, and she, that's so cute. You know, like she wants to be involved and it's so important for them to be involved with that process. And let's think about the third thing that I do on a regular basis. Um, gosh, we have some staples in our, so I'm not, Although I tell people like meal prepping is really important. We meal prep to an extent, but I always have some staples available. So if I'm in a bind, I'm not going to have to run out to a restaurant, right? Like we have a staple there. So setting yourself up for success, I think is is really important. But those are probably three things I do most consistently for sure. I like that. So it's consistency and um, just kind of being prepared for those unexpected situations. I love it. Um, what is one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it or you haven't gotten it into your routine yet? Big thing that would impact my health. This is a good one. Something that you're working on or you would like to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so for me, sometimes I work out of my home office um, and sometimes I get super busy and like I'll start super early in the morning and I'll go and before I know it, it's like two o'clock the whole day's gone. Yeah. and luckily my husband, um, he works for the fire department, so he's home quite a bit and when he's home, he realizes like, all right, Nicole needs to eat and she has, probably hasn't eaten yet, <laughs> so I'm going to the office. <laughs> Her head has been buried next to that computer, <laughs> um, so he'll bring me something, but that consistency with like my morning routine of getting food in is Mm -hmm. sometimes really tough for me because I just want to get so much done. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually I'm, I try to wrap up getting done with work by the time the kids get home Mm -hmm. so that I can spend time at home. But I think for me, consistency with the morning routine of getting food in is, is a struggle sometimes. Definitely. Definitely. Do you have a specific routine in the morning? I guess with kids, it's probably hard to have any sort of consistent routine but I try and so one thing that I started doing I guess it was this maybe a year ago um I try to only like block out or three big things that I'm gonna get done each day okay because my to-do list could get really long and then it's overwhelming and you're like okay I don't even know what to do Mm -hmm. um so I try to just have three things that I want to get done each day between calls three things I'm gonna do each day and um it's super helpful Mm -hmm. to keep that kind of keep me focused yeah. right because you can get so distracted like emails come in and I hired a VA this year which has been so helpful virtual assistant right? yeah virtual yes. assistant um, we contracted through a company 
and she manages my email. That's amazing. So basically any email that comes in that I absolutely have to answer, she'll put in like a Nicole respond box and the rest she'll answer. And she's got a ton of templates. Yeah. It's like if That's someone amazing. submits a question about this, forward it to this person. If someone submits a question about this, send this response. So that's been been super helpful. But, you know, blocking out three things has been makes it so that I don't get distracted. I mean, the mornings with the kids, it's an adventure, right? Like, all right. I usually, Jason does most of my husband does most Mm -hmm. of the dinners. Okay. And we're all kind of in, he, his main role is like, all right, the dinner meets and getting dinner prepared. Yeah. Uh, I do breakfast. So usually we have chickens. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I go out, get the eggs, make the kids eggs and whatever they're going to have. Uh-huh. Um, but, and then getting them dressed and hair and school. Yeah. <laughs> Out the door. School. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, all right. Last question is what does a healthy life look like to you? Oh, gosh. I think for me, it's consistently making decisions that are going to keep me on that wellness spectrum, right? Like, am I exercising regularly? Am I eating real foods? Am I having vegetables throughout the day? Drinking enough water? And at the end of the day, I want it to be a priority for my whole family. Mm -hmm. So, like, even watching Jason's eating habits change from before he Mm -hmm. met me to now, um, it's great, right? That's awesome. (laughs) Gosh. Probably in subtle ways along the way. Yeah. Yeah, Now it's just really over Like, okay, do we need that? No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really want to go get wings? You're not going to feel good after this. (laughs) But, you know, I think for, for me, it's the whole family, right? Like Mm -hmm. I want us all to be eating the same things and be eating real foods. And to be honest, like we eat recipes off our website, the same thing that I tell my clients to do, I'm doing the exact same thing. And that as a nutrition coach is so important because yeah. if you're telling your clients to do one thing and you're doing something different, that that's not right. Like yeah. you need to be walking the walk and practicing what you preach. Exactly. Perfect note to end on. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to walk the walk. Awesome. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Where can people find out more about you and Healthy Steps? Yeah. If you go to healthysepsnutrition.com, that's our website. Um, you It'll drive you, if you're a gym owner, it'll drive you to growyournutritionbusiness.com. But you can reach out to us via there. My email is nicole at healthystepsnutrition.com. Maybe you'll hear from the virtual assistant. (laughs) (laughs) At least she'll send the link to book a call with me. (laughs) There you go. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning from Nicole and that you gained some nutrition insights that you can use for 2020 and beyond. Here are some of my biggest takeaways from our conversation. Number one was definitely that nutrition forms the base of the pyramid. This is something that we talked about a lot. We know that nutrition is the base of that fitness pyramid that we talk about at the CrossFit Level 1 seminar, and we should pay it the respect that it's due. We really could do a better job of paying attention to nutrition in all of our CrossFit affiliates um, when we're working with individuals who are implementing fitness or exercise into their lives. We know that that's going to have a huge impact on their health, but nutrition is also an important piece of the puzzle. And so the more that we can do um, 
to implement nutrition, healthy nutrition practices, the better off we all are going to be as far as our long-term health. So if you are currently leading an active lifestyle, maybe you're exercising regularly, but you haven't really put that focus on nutrition, maybe it's time to think about it in this new year. Number two was keep it simple. So there are a million and one dietary trends and fads out there which change and they come and go with the wind. Things like paleo, zone, macros, keto, intermittent fasting, the list goes on and on. And at the end of the day, if you can focus on eating real food, eating plenty of vegetables, lots of different colors on your plate, and getting quality sources of protein, fat, and carbohydrates at every meal, you're likely going to be moving in the right direction. So always remember CrossFit's Fitness in 100 Words, which says eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar, and keep intake to levels that will support exercise and not body fat. Keep it simple. Don't make it more complicated than that. Number three is that consistency is key. So I liked how Nicole really emphasized this throughout our conversation, and I think it can be easy to fall into the trap of continuously doing nutrition challenges. So anyone can get results from really focused four or six week challenge, but your long-term health is going to benefit most from your consistent dietary habits over the course of your entire life. That's years and decades across your life. So although it can be tempting to jump from challenge to challenge and then fall off the rails in between, I'd encourage you and challenge you to identify a way of eating that's somewhere in the middle and that's something that you can, can sustain every single day um, or consistently throughout the course of your life. So hopefully you took away some good pointers too that you can use in this upcoming year. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. Pursuing Health.